This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Glenn Tomrin and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Welcome to Wednesday night service. We're so glad that you were able to join us tonight. Hallelujah. We're going to have a great time in the Word. And I believe that we're going to have some revelation come forth tonight that's going to help you to walk out the plan of God for your life. Hallelujah. So before we begin, I would like to just uh, pray and commit this service to the Lord. Hallelujah. And we'll go from there. Father, we love you so very much. And we just thank you, Father. We have the ability, Father, to even online come together, Father. Hallelujah. Around your word, around your things, Father. Hallelujah. And we trust your spirit, Father, to give us light, to give us revelation. Hallelujah. And you said, Father, the entrance of the word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. And we thank you, Father, that the mighty Holy Ghost, the teacher, the revealer of truth, Father, he works with the word, Father, hallelujah, to reveal it so that we can walk in the light of it. And we just thank you, Father God, for utterance for tonight, Father, so that, so that the message will be clear, it'll be accurate, Father God, and also ask, Father, for great grace on everyone that joins in, Father, and listens to this message today, Father, great grace on them to hear clearly, Father, so they can apply it to their lives. And I thank you, Father God, for your goodness and your mercy. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm so excited about tonight and actually even more excited about next Wednesday because then we're going to be able to gather together again. Hallelujah. And I'm so excited because it's so much fun to see your wonderful faces. Hallelujah. And be together as a family. But today, I, as I was preparing uh, for this uh, service here tonight, I was... Uh, uh, God put it on my heart to talk about, you know, how to find your place. You know, because I, I think that the times that we live in now, they are pivotal times. And, and I remember spending some time in prayer at the beginning of the year. And, and, and the Lord was impressing on me that there's a shift that has taken place. Hallelujah. And, and haven't we seen that take place here in the last uh, few months? That there's a shift taking place. There's a lot of things moving and shaking. Hallelujah. There's a lot of stuff that can, that can try to get your attention. But it's, it's important to not just look at the outward appearance, but to, to look inside and see, okay, what does God want me to do during this time so that you can stay focused on your purpose? Hallelujah. So I want to uh, use uh, uh, Paul and Barnabas and some other guys today to just kind of get across uh, how you can find your place and, 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 and how they found theirs. And so first... Um, I want to share a scripture with you here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 15. 2 Corinthians 5, 15. And, you know, a lot of people are talking, you know, they say, well, I just want to do my own thing. You know, I just want to do my own thing. I don't want to get involved in this. But I just want to do my own thing and take care of me and mine. Uh, but the Bible uh, shows it's, it's, that's not really the correct way to do things. And so let's see what 2 Corinthians 5, 15 says here. And it says, then he died for all, talking about Jesus, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, <laughs> but for him who died for them and rose again. Hallelujah. So that's quite different from just doing your own thing, isn't it? You know, he said that you should not now, now after you've received Jesus, you should live no longer for yourself, but for Jesus. Hallelujah. Who died and, and, and rose again. And then so in verse 16 says, therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have now known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things 
have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Aren't you happy about that? Praise the Lord that, that, that Jesus, when you received Jesus, he removed that old sinful man, hallelujah, and he, and he put a new heart within you, hallelujah. You were born again, now you're right with God, hallelujah. New creature in Christ Jesus. Old things passed away, behold, all things have become new. And now you have purpose, hallelujah. Now you have purpose, and so now it's like, okay, so now I have purpose. So, so what is that purpose? Well, that's what we're here to find out now. Hallelujah. What you will find out, let's just read on here for a little bit actually and, 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 and see what this scripture says about it. And we'll bring many other scriptures into this mix as well. In verse 18, we go on, on reading. It says, No, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Hallelujah. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Hallelujah. So that's part of your job now, that you have become a new creature in Christ Jesus. You are now a believer. Part of your job, job now is to help reconcile well the reconciliation part has been done but you need to talk to people about that you need to be involved in spreading the good news that in fact jesus he took care of the sin problem he reconciled the world to himself to the father hallelujah he reconciled the world to the father through what he did because sin has now been been taken away has it has been taken care of and people need to know that hallelujah that the price has been paid they just need to receive what Jesus did for them. So part of what God has called you to do and the purpose on your life specifically is to be part of the good news going out so that people can hear what Jesus has done for them. Hallelujah. So now, I, I was before I started here, I was just like, well, where do I start here? And so the Lord wanted me to start there. Now I'm going to go back to the first one I was thinking about sharing. Hallelujah. So we're going to go to Acts chapter 9. And we're going we're gonna to look at, at Paul. You know, Paul, he wrote a big part of the New Testament. And he had, God gave him the revelation, hallelujah, of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. You know, the Gospels, you know, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they show us what happened on the outside. Well, Paul's epistles more show us what, what happened on the inside. It's almost like, you know, it's the difference between a picture that you would send you know, people for, for, for Christmas or whatever, you know, to show, show them what you look like <laughs> and your family looks like and send them a greeting. Um, uh, but, but Paul's revelation is more like an x-ray of what happened in the unseen realm. That's something that you do not want to send to your family for Christmas. Hallelujah. Because then uh, you know what I'm saying. Hallelujah. So in Acts chapter 9, this shows uh, Paul's uh, uh, conversion, hallelujah, when he was still breeding threats on the church, he was still persecuting the, the Christians and putting them in jail, and, and so here we're going to start in Acts 9 verse 1, This says, then Saul, still breeding threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to, for, from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Hallelujah. Why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? So he's like, you know, Paul, 
he didn't he didn't understand what was going on here but but i i can promise you this he started reasoning you know paul was a very educated man and i'm sure as when he's 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 experiencing this this light and this presence and 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 and, and this person is talking to him uh he doesn't know who it is but he realizes that he is lord <laughs> there's something about jesus when he shows up you just know he is lord Hallelujah. So he says, Saul, so why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? In verse 5. Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goats. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Wouldn't it be wonderful if that, if that was all of our response to Jesus, Lord, what do you want me to do? Hallelujah. And so, so Paul here, he's reasoning, and, and you can see it in his, in, his, in, 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 in his letters that he is, you know, because Jesus said, why are you persecuting me? Paul didn't, didn't, didn't see this as persecuting Jesus. He was, he, he was persecuting the people that believed in Jesus. But it's very clear here that, that Jesus, he sees himself and the church as one. Doesn't he? He says, why are you persecuting me? Paul was persecuting the believers. Well, Jesus, he is one with his church. And Paul, you can see it later in his writings, he talks about the body of Christ. He talks about us as, as, as a unified body. And that's what I want to talk about today. Hallelujah. And I want to share some more scriptures here. And, and it's, like, and it's, it's clear here that, that, that this... Of course, you know, you, you, you have a rev revelation of Jesus there on the road to Damascus. It's, it's, it's a very, very uh, uh, powerful experience. But this, this experience marked Paul for life. Jesus said, why are you persecuting me? He understood that, you know what, this Jesus and the church, they are one. And you can see it in all of his, of his, of his, his writings after this. Hallelujah. And so... We're going to go now to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and this is where Paul is more laying out this, the oneness of the body of Christ. And I want you to see this because this is going to help you find your place. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to start in verse 12. I'm going to read quite, quite a few scriptures here, so hang in there with me. Hallelujah. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so is it with Christ. For, if one, for in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there will be no division in the body. 
but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And so this you can see and you also know in, in, in your own body that all the body parts work together. Hallelujah. And no body part is non-essential. Every body part is necessary to get the job done. And they have to work together. And I, I often use this illustration. I heard this one uh, uh, preacher say this once, and I, it, just kind of, it just bore witness with me. And, and she used to work as an x-ray technician. And so she was x-raying this guy's hand once, and, and it was all bundled up. And there was, you know, all bloody bandage and stuff. And so, you know, instead of, you know, unwrapping it, they just put the whole thing on the x-ray machine and they x-rayed it. And so the x-ray, uh, it revealed that uh, a finger was missing. And, uh, well, I mean, you probably wouldn't have to, to, uh, to uh, use an x-ray machine to find that out. But <laughs> the x-ray didn't, and she saw that the one finger was missing. And then so he said, where's the finger? Well, it's in, I, I'm carrying it in this hand. And so the finger was missing from this hand. She had it with, or the person had it with, he or she, they had it with, but it was no longer where it was supposed to be. And so this hand now that was missing the finger uh, didn't work right anymore. And this finger that was in the other hand uh, didn't do any good uh, out there. And it didn't have the supply that it was supposed to have being connected to the hand where it was supposed to be. So my point with that whole illustration is that there is a place for you in the body of Christ where you have a function that only you can do, that you have been graced by God to do. And there's a supply because you are there, and there is a supply, and there is a supply for you because you are in your place. Hallelujah. Does that make sense? So I just think that's a great, great illustration of, uh, of, uh, of how the body, body works together. And he also, Paul talked about, remember in 1 Corinthians 12, he talks about that there will be no division in the body. And I think that if there's anything that we have to be careful about today is, is division in the body of Christ and everywhere else. I mean, there seems to be so much division and strife, and we have to be careful so that doesn't come into the church. It's, it's important that we move as one. Because I tell you, where there is unity, where there's unity of purpose, you will see God work miracles, signs, and wonders. He only works in unity. Division is, is the manifest presence of the enemy. Division is not from God, and it cannot be in the body. It's like, you know, a cancer cell. You know, a cancer cell is in the body, but it is in rebellion. It is not working as it ought to. And so we can have no rebellion in the body. Because if we have a rebellion in the body, the body will not work as it ought to work. Hallelujah. So anyhow, let's, let's move on here. Paul, you know, he was talking about this, this oneness and this unity in the body. And, you know, a lot of times we look at the unity of the body and we think about, you know, we, we are one with Christ. Well, yes, we're one with Christ, but you're also one with the body. Hallelujah. You know, these fingers here, they're one with the rest of my body. We function as one. And it's the same with the body of Christ. We are 
one with one another. Hallelujah. And there is a supply here. And that's why, you know, I think the first thing you need to do to find your place and your purpose is to get connected in the local church. Hallelujah. The church where, where God, where you know that God has placed you, you need to get connected in the church. Hallelujah. And that will help you to get to your ultimate destination, which is probably going to be out from that church in some capacity. Hallelujah. And so Paul, you know, he was, he was after this, this, this conversion on the road to Damascus, you know, he was a man of great purpose. It seemed like no matter what came against him, he was just, he just went through it by the grace of God. Hallelujah. And I want to see, I want to show you here what, what Paul wrote. He wrote the book of Philippians, uh, you know, when he probably had been, you know, a believer for about 30 years or so. I think the book of, of, of uh, Philippians was probably written in AD 61, somewhere around there. And he was converted on the road to Damascus, somewhere around AD 33 to 36. So he'd been walking with the Lord for almost 30 years when he wrote this. And I want to read it to you in Philippians chapter 3. And verse 3, and I'm going to read quite a bit of scripture here. Philippians 3, 3. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the mutilation. For you are the circumcision to worship God in the spirit. Rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks you may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. What things were gained to me, these have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You can see here Paul, he was pressing forward. And he was talking about, I want to be found in him. Found in him. You need to find yourself in him, talking about Jesus. You need, to, you need to press on. You need to press in. He had this one goal, and that was to fulfill what God had called him to do. And that need also, needs also to be our heart, is to find out, what God has called us to do. What has he graced us to do? Where do we fit in the body? Because we have a place that we need to fill. Hallelujah. So that the gospel can be preached effectively in these last days. Paul was incredibly focused because he knew his purpose. Hallelujah. And so I talked to you, you know, get involved in a local church. And, and I remember when I first started, you know, 
seriously pursuing the call of God on my life or what he wanted me to do. I asked a missionary friend of mine, because, uh, you know, she'd walked with the Lord for decades, and I was just like, you know, how do, how do I go about this? How do I find my place? And she said, she said in the beginning, she said, just get connected, do something. You know, so get connected in local church and do something. And she said, you know, it's broad in the beginning. You just start doing something, and then God will direct you, and you will see clearer and clearer what you are called to do. She said, just, just, just get connected, do something. Hallelujah. And there are many aspects of this, but, uh, but uh, you are supposed to be connected to a body of believers somewhere. There's a supply in the local body, and you have something to give, and you will also receive a supply like we talked about earlier here. And I tell you what, working with other believers will build character. There is, there is usually nobody who can rub you the wrong way as effectively as a fellow believer. As, as a brother and sister in Christ, they can step on your toes. Well, they're supposed to know better. Yes, of course. But you are also supposed to walk in love and develop your character as you intermingle with the body of Christ. That is one part of it. And so, but also, let me just look at a few characters here in the Scriptures and, 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 and pull out some things from what we see about their lives. And I want to talk about Philip first. Philip, who was later known as Philip the Evangelist, and we see him mentioned here in Acts chapter 6 and verse 1. And I'm going to start reading here. Now in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there was a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists, because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. So they were neglected in the daily distribution of food. And so then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, I probably butchered his name, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. Then the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied, multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. And so, just asking you, how would they know that Philip was a, was a man of good reputation and a man full of faith, uh, good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. That's what it said. Good reputation, uh, 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 full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom because he had been around. Philip was a, was a part of the church and he'd been around for a while and he probably, you know, he was just had the heart to say, look, I just want to do whatever it takes for the gospel to be preached. Hallelujah. For the gospel to expand. Hallelujah. And so... He, 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 he was one of the ones that, that, were, that, were, that were picked out. They laid hands on them. And what was the result? Then the word of God spread. Hallelujah. And a number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Hallelujah. So, you know, you see Philip here. He's, he's been in the church. He's been around the apostles. You know, some of their faith has rubbed off on him. And he is a man that is full of the Holy Ghost. 
and wisdom. Hallelujah. And that doesn't just happen overnight. No, no. It comes from, from you being in the local church, being involved, being there when the doors are open, being there where when they have a speaker come in, like in our days, you know, now at the end of the month, we're going to have Joe Morris come in. You know, I would encourage you be here because there's a supply for you when people like that come into our church. And so, you know, Philip here, and so let me just uh, go on to Acts chapter 8. Let's just follow Philip for a little bit here in Acts chapter 8 and, and verse 4. And it says, therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. And this was after Stephen was stoned, you know, after the persecution. They were just scattered everywhere. Then Philip went down to, a, to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. Well, I'm thinking that maybe when Philip, when he first started out, he didn't see himself do that. He didn't see himself as Philip the evangelist. He just saw himself as Philip, the one who has been born again by the blood of Jesus that just wants to be a part of the local church. Hallelujah. And as he was a part of the local church, faith came from the preaching of the word, from the demonstration of the word, and, 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 and faith arose in him, and he was just willing to do whatever it took. And then there came a time where God was just like, you know, Philip, you just start preaching the word here. Hallelujah. And you can see that the whole town of Samaria was shook by the power of God. Hallelujah. And he, from now on, he is known as Philip the evangelist. Hallelujah. Praise, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And so now, what about Barnabas? You know, you remember Barnabas and Paul? You know, Barnabas, the first time we see Barnabas is in Acts chapter 4 and, and verse 36. Acts 4 verse 36. And he says, And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement. What a great nickname to have. Hallelujah. Son of encouragement. A Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. So, you know, this is how Barnabas started. You know, he was a part of the church, and he had some land. He sold it, and he gave into the church. Hallelujah. And, and he was just a blessing that way. Thank you, Lord. And then the next time we see Barnabas is right after Paul's conversion. You know, he's called son of encouragement, right? So in Acts chapter 9, and we're going to start uh, reading in verse 26. He says, And when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles, and he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road, and that he had spoken to him, and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. So he was with them at Jerusalem, coming in and going out. And he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus, and disputed against the Hellenists, but they attempted to kill him. When the brethren found out, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him out to Tarsus. Well, I believe that one of the reasons why Barnabas could do this is that he was a respected member of the church of Jerusalem. They knew him, and they were willing to listen to him. And, you know, this is part of Bar the grace in Barnabas' life. It's like he, just, he just gets people connected. He's the son of encouragement. You know, he's just, he's just encouraging people. We need, you know, to, to, to make things work. Hallelujah. And I believe that Barnabas had to be a respected member, like I said, of the community 
to be able to do this. And to be a respected member, you know, uh, a member of the community, you need to be a part of the community of believers. Hallelujah. So they can get to know you. It don't matter how wonderful you are. If you're just sitting in your chair and nobody knows you, I don't doubt that you're a wonderful person. And also that there's a genuine call on your life to do something significant for the kingdom of God. But if nobody knows you, how are the doors going to be opened? Hallelujah. So the next time, that we hear about Barnabas is in Acts chapter 11. So I want you to go there with me, Acts chapter 11 and verse 19. Now those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching the word to no one but the Jews only. But some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene who, when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number, of, number believed and turned to the Lord. The news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. And guess what? And they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. When he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all, with the all with, that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. For he was a good man, full of the Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. Then Barnabas departed to Tarsus to seek Saul, and when they had found him and brought him to Antioch, it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people, and the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. So again, we see here that Barnabas was sent out by the church at Jerusalem. You know, Barnabas was still there at Jerusalem. He was still a, a member of the church. He was still a valuable member of the church, and they knew him. They trusted Barnabas so that they just chose to send Barnabas. Hallelujah. They wanted to send Barnabas to Antioch to see what was going on. Hallelujah. And so they taught there for a whole year. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And then I want to show you one more thing about Barnabas here, and it's in Acts chapter 13. And this is, is a favorite of mine. Acts chapter 13 and verse 1. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them, and they sent them away. Hallelujah. Uh, and in verse 4, So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. And if you know this uh, as you know, probably this is the start of Paul's, what we say, Paul's first missionary journey. Hallelujah. So you can see there's a, there's a development there of relationships, and, 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 and they were ministering to the Lord together. And then the Holy Ghost said, you know what? It's time for Paul and Barnabas to go out on this mission. Hallelujah. And to serve me. So why have I been telling you all this stuff here? It's because we have a part to play, and it's with our fellow believers, where God has put us. And I can see in my life that there has been a supply where God has put me. To a, a supply, what I mean by that, I mean there has been light and revelation that I have needed to see the call of God on my life. Hallelujah. When you first start out, it's not so clear. And so, but as you are around fellow believers, God has made it that way on a purpose. You're not supposed to go through life alone. There's no call of God that stands on its own. No, no. It is always a part of the body of Christ, of, the, of a body of believers working together, hallelujah, to preach the gospel 
and, and, and so that we eventually can be rejoined with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It is always a team effort. A body, like I said, you know, the finger cannot do it on its own. It needs to be part of the hand. It needs to be, to be connected where God wants it to be connected. And there's a supply there. So as I've been around the believers that God has put uh, in my life, and as I've been connected where I'm supposed to be connected, there's a supply there. And I've seen more and more what God has put in me. And, you know, and then there's character building. You have to, to you learn how to walk in love. You learn how to, 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 to walk in unity with other believers. And then you can see that God can effectively do what only God can do. Hallelujah. And so there's a, there's a, 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 a and God works through relationships. I've seen how he has, you know, even right after I decided, you know what, I want to just do what God has called me to do. Nothing else matters. Just like Paul, you know, he says, I count all these other things rubbish compared to knowing Jesus, compared to being found in him, to find my place in something that is eternal, finding my place in something that has eternal value because your place in Christ, hallelujah, will produce eternal results, hallelujah. You are part. Did you know that you are part of the call that was on Jesus Christ when he walked on this earth? Do you know that? Let me read it to you. I'm going to go to Luke chapter 4. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. This is, this is how, how Jesus himself described what he was called to do. In verse, uh, Luke 4 verse 18 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And that is also part of the mandate on the body of Christ. I'm not saying that everybody is called to be a preacher, but you are called to lay hands on the sick, for instance. You are called to be a part, hallelujah, of what God is doing in the earth. Glory be to God. You know, the mouth is a small piece of the whole body. There's a lot of stuff that goes on in this body that makes this mouth being able to speak Hallelujah. And it's the same thing in the body of Christ. There's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes and stuff that you will never see that is as important to get the gospel out as the preacher is because it would never work without all these other things in place. It would never work. We will never get the job done if it was just a preacher on his own. Hallelujah. And even the preacher, he, 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 and he needs your prayers. He needs your, your intercession. He needs you to pray. Hallelujah. And to lift them up. Hallelujah. To pray for unction and for anointing. Hallelujah. And when they stand in the pulpit, you need to pull on that gift that is given from heaven for believers, for you and for those that have never heard about the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And so I just wanted to share a little bit about these things because I believe it's, it's so important. And I also, I also believe that you will never be happy until you find your place in the body, your place, what you have been called to do, because that's, 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 that's the place that gives you uh, purpose. Hallelujah. We all have purpose. We just need to find it. And I, I'm just telling you right now that you are so needed. What God has put in you is so needed. And, and it, not just you need to find out what's in you, but we need to find out what's in you so we can, so we can have the supply that God has put in you. Hallelujah. 
And I want us all to be able to say it like Paul was at the end of his life. And I kind of want to end with this. And he said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 6, he says, From already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Hallelujah. To all who are just waiting to see the Lord Jesus Christ as he truly is. Hallelujah. Oh, what a glorious day it's going to be when we, when we can see Jesus as he is. We're going to be transformed, hallelujah, to be just like he is, and we're going to spend eternity with him. Hallelujah. May we all be able to say at the end of our lives, we have finished our course. We have kept the faith. Come on, let's go and see the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That is, whoa, hallelujah. That is, oh my gosh, that's something to look forward to, isn't it? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I hope this, there's a lot of other scriptures I had down here, but I think that, that that's enough for today. And, and it is enough to get the point across that we all just need to, to find our place. And I'm telling you what, God put the local church in place to, to train and equip believers, hallelujah, to reach the multitudes that have no idea about what Jesus has done for them, has no idea about the freedom that you can have in Christ Jesus, has no idea what life is like, hallelujah, being connected once again to God the Father through what Jesus did for us. And if you've been listening to this and you're like, well, you know what? I don't even know Jesus. I don't even know what that means. Well, you know what? You can join the body of Christ today. You can receive life, eternal life today because Jesus has already paid the price for you, hallelujah, to be free from sin, for you to have eternal life imparted to you right now. Hallelujah. The price has been paid. It just needs to be received. And the way that we receive it is to just acknowledge, hallelujah, that Jesus died for us. He died for our sins. He paid the price. He rose again from the grave and is now seated at the right hand of the Father. Hallelujah. And Jesus said, if you believe in me, hallelujah, then you will have eternal life. And he will in no way cast anybody away. Everybody's welcome. Hallelujah. So if you just want to repeat this prayer with me, you can receive Jesus right now. Say this with me. Father God, I come to you. Hallelujah. And I just want to receive what Jesus has done for me. I lay down my life and I pick up new life in Christ Jesus. I will live no longer for myself. I will live for him who died for me and rose again from the grave. From today on, I will live for Jesus. Thank you, Father, for saving me right now. Hallelujah. If you prayed that prayer with me, hallelujah, then we would love to hear from you. So you can find our, our contact information there on, on our Facebook page. And... Uh, 
and, and, and we would love to hear from you, and we would also like to give you some materials that can help you to start living for Jesus. And we would also, of course, love for you to come and visit us here if you live nearby. Um, and we have service at 9.45 on Sunday morning, and then also when we meet together here on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock next week. Praise the Lord. I'm just so thankful Hallelujah. We have this avenue that we can get into people's homes. We can get into your car, whatever you are, so you can receive the word. Hallelujah. And be blessed by it. It's such a great tool. Hallelujah. And before we dismiss, I just want to give you an opportunity to, to, to sow into what God is doing through Fellowship Church, to, 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 to give of your substance so that we can continue to effectively preach the gospel to those who haven't heard, so we can continue to effectively, hallelujah, teach and preach the word so that believers can be edified, so they can be built up, and so they can find out who they are in Christ, what he has done for them, and so that they can be a powerhouse for the kingdom of God. So there's information there on the screen on how to give, and uh, uh, so you can either text to give, or you can go on our website there to give. Hallelujah. And, and, and it'll be a blessing, and you will be blessed because you give into the kingdom of God. And so let's just pray over your giving right now. Father, we're so grateful, Father, we can come to you with our substance, with the first fruits of all of our increase, Father God, and, so we, and, and, and also gifts above that, Father, so we can, we can get the gospel preached, Father. Hallelujah. Into all the world. Hallelujah. And Father, we thank you that as your word says, Father, as we give, it shall be given to us. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, shall men give into your bosom, Father. And we just thank you for that the word always produces what it was sent to produce. And we thank you for that as we take care of your stuff, Father God, you take care of ours. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, Thank you for joining in with us today. I just know that this word is going to hit home. I know that the word of God, hallelujah, brings light and understanding. And I want to leave you with this. You know, Reinhard Bonnke, he said that my life and ministry was changed. He said when I realized that, that when, when God actually told him, he said that my word in your mouth is as powerful as my word in my mouth. And, and remember that, you know, when you speak the word over your family, when you speak the word over your finances, hallelujah, when you speak the word over your body, when you need divine health, when you need something from heaven, when you speak the word, you know, you speaking the word has the same effect and the same power as if God himself spoke those words, hallelujah. So it's been a joy to be with you tonight, and I, I thank you for being an attentive listener. And uh, we will see you again here on Sunday morning at 945. God bless you.